scary crit. Well, hello, podcast people. Hey. <laughs> How is everyone? It's another beautiful day in our little neighborhood. I think. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you mind? Would you mind? Well, can you believe that it's March tomorrow? No, it's, I'm so jaded. Like, I, I, mm. I just, I can't. I, I, I feel like I can't keep up. I, I just, I don't know what to do. Rent is due again already. Um, I just, I don't know. And then there's all this pressure to file your taxes. And I'm just like, Ugh. But see, look, even my dog is upset. Even she's like, why see? are you talking about March? This is not see? the vibe I was going for today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so I did my taxes. It's a mess. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> just I, I'm just very anxious because you know the past year has been a mess, and I'm just like I don't even want to. I don't. I don't even want to get into that. But I'm like I need to just get it done. So my but my anxiety is like this high. But um, I mean, how have you had a good week? I've I've had a good week. Um, I started for the first time playing The Last of Us. Um, Did you just start this game? Yes, <gasps> I have. For the very first time that opening oh my goodness wait wait where are you going you want to know why this is a serious situation i can't why? believe you never played this game before look at this oh you have a funko part of ellie i do adorable yeah, I, I I know I missed it like years ago when it came out. I heard so much about it, but like I'm a I'm a Nintendo person. I just I never I haven't jumped on like their PlayStation train. That's like my brother. I haven't I haven't done that. So I finally made the leap because of Little Nightmares too, and I got some other games. And so yeah, Last of Us. I started that last week, and that opening was amazing. And I just got to the part um, where we're in the city hall building. So much has happened. Uh, this the writing is phenomenal. It like is. I just, it's like it's like. So I movie. am gonna start a, a social media hashtag to peer pressure you into starting a Twitch. No, no, no. no <laughs> this is like the second time now you've brought up video games. Like I just need this to be a thing. I've banged the gamble. Nick we are not. Doing it. Uh, people people don't need to witness this. I, I feel like I don't have the personality for I don't know you just have to, I don't know I don't know maybe I'm like my imposter syndrome but I don't know about that I don't know but it's a great game so far um Joel is very handsome um and I just feel that with this HBO adaptation coming out they have a lot that they can work with um but I just feel like it feels like I'm playing a movie so I don't know if I'm gonna get like that same kind of magic watching the show i think so i think there's enough material there that it's going to be really solid and the actors that they have slated i'm yeah. not mad at so i'm 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 definitely intrigued but i the game is like wow i I've, I've never played anything like it before so it just it's a lot um, it's a whole new world though. it's a whole new world okay but yes um before we get caught up in a video game we ladies and gentlemen and folks out there in between we have our very first official scary crit guest guest special critter guest. special guest i love it ah! <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
this is also very I'm very excited because the guest that's coming on, he is not only a phenomenal person, he's so, he is a beautiful spirit. He is also, I am honored to call him my brother. So people out there in podcast land, please welcome the one, the only LJ Bowen. Uh, the Marco, no, I'm playing. <laughs> what up though? Um, thank y'all for having me. I'm excited. Like y'all don't know how much I've been just chilling in the background listen to this talk about video games and y'all talking about the last of us. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, just want to add that another good um, horror game that I don't hear many people talk about, even though it's old now is a game called until dawn. That game is awesome. Check it out. Hold on. Yeah. Until dawn is a game where everything you choose has multiple endings. Yes. I love that game. I love that game. I love it. I have not finished it because I'm too scared to finish playing it because I can jump. <laughs> so I just, I, just, I just got to the part where they're in the library after the um, Ouija board that they should not. Oh have yeah, you got a you got a wild. It's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get bad. <laughs> it's gonna get really really bad really really fast. But um yeah, I'm excited to be here, guys. But yeah, no. So tell the people who you are, what you do, what you got going on. I know. Well, no, brag a little. Um. So. Uh, my name is LJ Bowens. I am a spoken word artist, motivational speaker through John Maxwell. I am a event coordinator, a creative writing workshop facilitator. I am a all around nerd that hosts events known as the Nerd Slam across Comic Cons across the Eastern Seaboard. Um, I'm an author. And today I'm just going to be a nerd talking about horror movies with the, the scary crit fam. Yeah. But no, so basically, no, like real life, like real talk. If you need it done, this is the man that gets it done. Period. (laughs) I love it. We put each other on over here. We do. I I, I, so y'all need to coin um the guest critter thing for when y'all bring in guests. Like coin that. That is that's all y'all coin that. Like guest critter. Hashtag. Yes, hashtags. Okay, but so we have been opening the pod with with questions. And so I was question like, I do, because I was like, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, LJ. And I think I want to know yeah. what movie made you fall in love with horror? Ooh. Oh my God. Um, Right, it's, it's good, right? It's good, that's, right? That's a good question because it's it's a lot of movies that came out around the time when I just started discovering it because and it's hard to say only because there was the mainstream horror movies and then there was the the go to the video store to get the VHS rated B <laughs> grade B horror movies. So definitely Nightmare on M Street was front one of the first ones. Mm. Um, and it's more so iconic for me because of the scene where Johnny Depp got pulled through the bed. So like yes. that Ooh. scene was like um crazy to me but then when it comes to other movies like the um b movies like by all means critters and puppet master like i love those Ooh. movies critters especially because it was unique as far as what they were as far as the small little animals from space but when they all gathered to make that big ball i think it was in critters too like that was like i never thought of anything like that their puppet master itself puppets that's brought the life some magical way but they're you know often people so um <laughs> And then everything after that kind of like fell into play as far as like looking at movies going forward and then even looking at the movies in the past that I never knew about. Like, um, like I talked to Lord about this offline, like anything dealing with um, 
there are Gento like um, mm-hmm. Suspiria and demons. Um, like I love those movies. And then even with it's going for, as far back as um, ah Ganja Hess. Like Ganja Hess is like one of my um, one of the ones that always get underlooked. And then Death by Temptation, which is funny because a lot of people don't know about Death by Temptation, which um, is is unique because a lot of people was wondering why you never found that movie at the the video stores. And they said that the video stores saw that it was a black led cast, so they kept it out of um, the video stores because of that. Even though it was a trauma movie, which nobody knows about. Troma, if you know about Troma, that's Toxic Avenger and all of them. It was made through them, and that was their most highest-grossing movie. And they couldn't even put it into like video stores because the video stores was racist at that time. So, oh. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like it goes deep, but I would say, final, uh, not final, uh, Nightmare on M Street had to be one of the um, first ones that got me interested. Quick interjection. Speaking of Marlene Clark, have you seen The Beast Must Die? I'm not. That's on my list. It's on my list with the wailing. Cause I got because I have the wailings on um, Shutter right now, and I need to sit down and watch that while I got the chance to watch it. So I know um, I'm going to see the wailing, and then I'm going to see the Beast Must Die because you recommended that to me. So it's I guess- so good. I keep talking about this movie because I'm so obsessed with it lately. It's so good. Okay, I'm sorry. I had yeah. to say something. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like to be honest with you, though, there's been a lot. Like, so 2020 itself did not have a lot of good horror movies I really wanted to watch, but some of the horror movies I actually stumbled across were on Shudder, which was the weirdest thing. Like, there's a movie called, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's based around Zoom. Like, the host. whole thing is done through Zoom. Like, the host. whole thing is done through Zoom. Yep, host. And that movie is put together, and it has some basic um, practical effects along, like, little C- maybe CGI, but it's done basically practically. People filmed it literally in their own house, and glued it together, and then the Mortuary Collection, which was a sleeper hit because a lot of people don't watch the the movies that are like anthologies. But the Mortuary Collection is like one of the best put together movies I've seen as of late. And then you had your, you know, some of your other movies. Probably my biggest disappointment was um, Antebellum. I'll go ahead and say that I was very disappointed in that movie, like tremendously. I'm sorry. Um, I hated it. I was very disappointed. I haven't like, watched and- it yet because I refuse. <laughs> No, like, I might watch it for this. No, watch it, watch it, and then um, what's your frustration afterwards? <laughs> you should do that. It in, it enraged me. Oh my goodness, because that movie was definitely was not for us. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah, man. That's that's like so. Yeah, I'm I'm very big on horror. I love another movies I need to still see, but like horror has been one of my favorite things. Um, since since I was young, I just love watching horror movies. Horror movies, it built horror movies also have stories inside of them that you would not think were there because everybody's going more so for the horror. But some of the st- recent movies have intricate storylines that people don't pick up on. So that's mm-hmm. what I think literally does make a lot of horror movies great as to like the monster horror, whatever it is, to the real life horror of human nature. So that's what always got me intrigued with it. And that's it. That's another movie. So. <laughs> Jared, what about you? Um, there, there are a few. Um, I have um, a very clear memory of watching uh, Bride of Chucky <laughs> all the time because um, my parents had it on VHS, but it was they had uh, recorded it off of TV, and so I remember like after um, it got to the credits of uh, Bride of Chucky, it would like you know. Um, segue with like the um, fuzzy screen 
to a recording of Mad TV. <laughs> um, the episode where, where they did like the cremation of uh, Two Angry Men or something, I remember that was on there. But Brighter Chunky made me impression, but I would say like the, the biggest one, the one that really stuck and like continues to stick would be 1999's The Haunting. No, no one knows. Oh, uh, with um, no, the haunting. That's uh, um, the one with um, Liam Nielsen. It was the um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, I was like Hill House, like yeah. It's basically yeah, Haunting Hill, the um, the updated remake of the Haunting of Hill House. Him and Owen Wilson. We talked about this because yeah, it was like, help us, Clarice, help us. Yeah, the children. <laughs> yeah. So that one, that one made a big impression on me because the one, um, the house, the the house, and I mean, I was a little, I was a little little kid watching this and that house was amazing like just the, the scale of it just really got my attention and the fact that um you know ukraine was taking control of like basically the house itself to do the hauntings like again that scene where the um wow i can't remember to think of their names but like the archways or whatever became like the eyes and all the stuff with the children and then when the statues came alive, all this different stuff. And the fact that, you know, it was like this this big old hard house narrative um, with the theme of family and identity tied inside. And um, like the characters are very like lively to me, like Theo and everyone. Um, and just, uh, it was like the scale, the score, oh, that score. The same person who did that also did um, also did um, Hollow Man, which is another impressionable horror movie. And um, no, I don't, I think he may have done the score for The Mummy. I have to check that. But the score, the scale, um, the acting, the characterizations, and like the fact, um, supernatural horror, I would say, would be like the, <laughs> the biggest thing that got me into horror because it was always like, if it was like Haunted Dolls, like Chucky, um, Haunted Houses, The, ha- uh, the Haunting. Um, what else? Like, I'm trying to think of like the 90s movies. Like, it was always like something supernatural. Slasher was another one, but I would say The Haunting was a really big one. Um, and because it's just something about, you know, if, again, if like your own place of residence is against you, like un- unsafe in that way, like, where can you run to? What can you do? Um, and it's interesting to see how what modern day horror has done with that trope as well. When we get stuff like the the Conjuring from like 2013, and you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I want to say like Mike Flanagan is one of the people that I've I think I've started to appreciate as a writer and director because he's taken a lot of um, source material for certain things and he's improved on that formula. Like so, like The Haunting, and then when he did The Haunting of Hill House. Um, it was really and, beautiful. Yeah, the way he did that, and um, the the tur- the um, the turning of the screw, um, the, the yeah, turning of the screw, which was running a blind manner, like the way he changed those. They let alone what he did for Doctor Sleep when he directed that movie, because um, I still need to watch that. Yeah, because the way he did Doctor Sleep, and even though when um, what's his name directed The Shining, and he killed off Scatman Crothers' character. He found a way to bring Scatman Crothers back in the movie because in The Shining, um, the actual book, Scatman Crothers' character never dies and he actually continues on living to a certain part in Dr. Sleep. But he found a way to like take that source material and make it all make sense because he's like, I'm going to make 
a continuation of the Shining movie, but I'm going to stick to the source material of the book. And I think the way he pays attention to detail and how much he loves doing horror is um, awesome. So I wish he would have done the second It. Yeah, I would. I would have loved mm. to see that. But I will say this though: I'm glad the way they did it, bringing it real life. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad certain parts in the source material they strayed away from heavily. Yeah. Um, like very heavily. I'm not gonna go into it, but I'm glad they <laughs> strayed. I know away what she means. Stuff, do you so. think? Do you think Stephen King approved of? Um, Dr. Sleep more than he did uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yes, he did. He actually, um, because <laughs> didn't he, he hate The Shining? Like he hated yeah, the movie. Stanley, yeah, Stanley Kubrick act, like purposely did it his way um, because of Stephen King not approving of certain things he did. But with Mike Flanagan and how he did Dr. Sleep, he actually brought Stephen King to see what he was doing, showed him the script of what he was I doing. I love that. And Stephen King actually loved what he did because he said, "I appreciate people." that appreciates horror and pay attention to the source material rather than taking their own approach to it or trying to change up certain parts. So, I think the authors should always get it. Uh-uh. As a writer, I feel you. As someone who's out here trying to make films, if you don't leave me alone and let me make this movie. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing. I think Mike Flanagan, like Mike Flanagan, I think he, when he took that upon himself, he tries his best to, he'll make changes, but he tries to stick to the source material. Like even with the, the haunting of Hill House, um, unless you knew of the haunting, you would have not known about the original story because if you notice what he did with that movie, he made everybody related as a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The real story, no one was related at, related all. at all. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was really beautiful. Yeah. What are you, Mel? Who I have three specific films, right? Trace. <laughs> Leprechauns in the Hood. Oh my god. Final Destination 3. Yes. Yes, my favorite out of the whole series. And The Faculty. Ooh. And there are three I'm not going to go into the, the stories. The, the stories are for another day. <laughs> but with no context, those three movies. <laughs> because without those three, I wouldn't have found Suspiria. I wouldn't have found The Cell. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. found, you know, Halloween. It would have just, you know what I mean? Like, those, I think, were my gateway drugs into horror films. I and I was yeah, forever grateful. Your gateway. <laughs> <laughs> Final Destination 3 was, yeah, that's a big one for me. And Faculty yeah. has a special place because it's the only movie I think none of the none of the main characters, as far as the good kids, none of them died. Nope. None of them. Makes me happy. Because we had, not only did we have a black man, Usher, he lived. (laughs) (laughs) And you rarely get that in horror. And then, because, and he wasn't stupid. He wasn't like the stereotype that you expected him to be. He was a whole person. And I appreciate 90s Usher for being in that movie. Because I feel like, and I've said this before when we talked about Brandy. I feel like Usher and Brandy's management team had it written in their contracts that they had to survive. <laughs> Otherwise, like, we're not doing we're not it. We're not doing it. We're not coming in. Thank <laughs> you, but no thank you. I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, so are we ready? Yes, let's take the negative okay. Omicron off the show. I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just alone for the ride. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, so I have Megan Omicron. I'm opening it up, and I think it says here 
Um, soul, we wanted to talk about soul. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? If I go first, it's going to be a whole rant. <laughs> go, go ahead, go, go. Rant on, rant on. I'm going to start off on the end of, okay, so first off, I love Soul. Soul's an awesome movie. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it at that. Now I'm going to get the digging. So for me, um, one of the biggest things I heard from people about the movie Soul was the fact that it was another movie of the Black character not being in their body the whole movie, or for most part of the movie, that um, it brought on Savior Syndrome, the, the Savior cause where the Black man is sacrificing himself for a white person. And for the aspect of that, I get it. I do get that. But I think people, now here's a, here's a turn to that because this, this movie is good and bad, but, it may, but that's why I like the, the debate. So let's start off with the first part. Soul is just Final Destination for kids. Let's start off with that right now because the main character dies and tried to escape death. Let's start with that right now. And no one wants to accept that. Look at Jared's face! <laughs> I said, that's what I said. Now, let's start with that point now. The main character passed away, didn't want to accept death, and was trying to cheat death. You cannot agree, but you have to agree. You have to. But on the aspect of that, that's just me being funny and being serious. But the aspect of that, don't, I don't think people took it to the realization that, number one, um, Tina Fey, who played the voice, I can't remember the name of the character she played the voice for, but no one paid attention to the fact that when Jamie Foxx's character said, why do you talk like that? She started settling through different voices. And then she said, the only reason I do this voice is just because it upsets everyone. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that particular thing right there. So her voice, at any given point, whenever she wants to decide to be somebody, when she gets to that point, she do it. She found out how to live on earth and found her purpose through the lens of being black. No one understands that fact and no one accepts that fact. So the fact that when she goes actually to become something, it's not said if she's going to become a white person or not. She found her joy through a black lens. And no one says nothing about that movie because the only thing people seen about the movie was the fact of the whole, I'm not being in the body and the black person being in the body and the black person being a white person savior. But no one really paid attention to certain things of that nature. Like somebody actually seeing what it's like to be in a black body. Like when we actually go to barbershops, the conversation that happens at barbershops, the fact that we do go through certain things, we talking about um, the acceptance of our parents, our parents accept it, but everything that she experienced through that whole lens was through black eyes. So only thing she knows about life is what a black, like living through his body as a black person, but no one's seen that. Um, Cause the only thing they looked at is the aesthetic level of the production, right. not so much the story. So a lot of the story gets um, put to the side because of, what we always see with movies. And that's not saying nobody's wrong on that aspect because it's right. But I think when it came to the actual story, nobody's seen it from that other part of it. But you know what? And now that you say that to me, can we also talk about the fact that this is probably one of the only movies that talks about living in a black, as a black experience without racism? Exactly. So, and like, that's what I'm saying. So like, you didn't see nobody get uh, pulled over or anything like that. Like you just seen... You literally living seen, his life. Yeah, you literally seen a lot of stuff, but the main thing you seen was literally black, black joy. Like literally, what you somebody seen what black joy could actually be like, and even the fact that Jamie Foxx character didn't even appreciate that until he had to see somebody living in his own body to see that. So yeah, the escapism, yes, but when you notice that, it's like, huh? And then even the fact, the fact that um, as an artist or just something we do, 
the fact that we always find ourselves saying we do something with a purpose and then when we get to that point where we say okay i'm at the purpose it's like damn that's it because he yeah. got to that point and then somebody had to explain it more to him like this and then he started appreciating life more so that that's why i say it's always funny hearing the, like the soul talk because when i see people talk about it it's not so much they say the story is okay or i stopped it after 10 minutes when he died i'm like so that people who do that are irrelevant. You can't tell me how you feel about a movie if you haven't watched the whole thing. Go away. <laughs> Go finish the movie and then come holler at me when you're done. Yeah. And then everybody writes their think pieces on that one particular part. But mm. like I was explaining, like I said, like I was explaining, like it's, and like I said, everything is based on how you look at it, how it's opinion. But I honestly think a majority of us didn't see it as that because they wasn't paying attention to that. Like, because that's a small nuance that no one picks up on. Like she lived life through a black lens and was happy and found purpose in life that way. And then the other thing was that if you really want to be honest with Jamie Foxx character before we actually seen the light, he was about to take her from, he was about to take that joy from her just so he can live again. Yeah. That was his whole mm -hmm. premise in that. So, so that's my, that's my thoughts on soul and y'all opening up the Negro Nomicon to talk about it. <laughs> but by, by, by all means, but anybody, um, I, I would love to hear y'all opinions on it, the movie itself. Good time watching it. I thought it was cute. Like, because Pixar, when is it not cute, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think what I appreciated about the movie was the, the overall, like, you don't have to have a purpose thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like for so long in my life, anyway, it's like everyone around me is like, yeah, I was born to do this. And that's what I've been put on the planet to do and whatever. And it was just nice to see that told in a different way where it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> like you figure it out. <laughs> like 10 year old Lord was like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I think you're right, because when you. I think the, one of the most eye-catching things to me was that, because he lived in Harlem, right? Or he lived in Brooklyn. He lived in New York. Yeah. And in certain areas, you don't see white people. <laughs> like, they're just non-existent, right? Or like you might pass them in the subway, but they're not a part of your the everyday life makeup. And I appreciated that. Like, I felt like it showed a really diverse background of other characters coming in and out and around the neighborhood that I don't think you get to see a lot in any type of movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's to me, like I said, I love the movie. And it's like I said, that's just my, that's been like my only gripe about it, just seeing how, because like I said, it's, I think this movie, it unwillingly did something that they were probably not expecting. And I think it started the conversation with us as far as the whole like the whole thing about the escapism and no but the black man not being in the body and then being being a white person savior because like i said at the end of the day everybody who said that they're right about it when it comes to production but then when you actually look at the movie and if you notice that nuance about it it brings up a whole nother perspective so it's like it's two rights there was like there's not a right or a wrong right. because both of the both of the arguments actually does make sense for that movie yeah it's just, everybody has to just look at it and get on one accord and then find a balance right i also enjoyed the movie um i was i was one of the people who like had you know some gripes about um the whole body swap thing because i'm like pixar again here we go um <laughs> but it you know but um i really do i really do enjoy 
the the message the film had and it, it really just even during the pandemic it made me want to just go out there and live but you know that's not really can't really do that right <laughs> now. you know otherwise you know how much more how much longer will i be living but um it just really positive messaging especially in like for say for instance millennials who have had all this shit drilled into them about um go to college get a nice job, get married, settle that retire, it'll be perfect, it'll be fine. And then you graduate college with all of this debt and then you realize the job market isn't shit, your degree it's doesn't not mean fine. shit. It's um, not fine. <laughs> it's just the kids are not all right, okay? They're not, they're struggling, they're depressed. Um, and it's just, and it's just like, how, how do I, how do I live? How, how can I? What is my purpose if I keep getting told by society or keep seeing that it doesn't, it's, it doesn't mean anything? And that, that whole scene, I think one of the scenes that made the biggest impression on me was that um, when they were um, the lost souls and they freed that one guy who was working in, uh, was it uh, Wall Street or something? Trying to make oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, he, and, he like, and he woke up and he just like, you know, threw everything off his desk and was like kind of wake everybody else up. And I'm just like, uh, and I'm like, I, it spoke to my soul because like, but also then it just made me think like, it's just so hard to, I don't know, to break free or, or to, to choose, I don't know, choose yourself out of every, you know, there's, I am, I am rambling. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Like you just said something that I didn't, I didn't think about that. We were like, do you like, do you stay with the purpose? Do you choose yourself? Like, I don't, I, I, yeah. like, I can talk about it, but I, you don't think about that because it's like, and, when do you start actually doing stuff for you? And then it's like the, the, how the passions can be, how he, he wanted to do music, but he wasn't doing it in the way that uh, he wanted to do it. Um, like the whole thing with the school and, um, and then how his, you know, how his mother felt about it. And then again- like, You need health insurance. <laughs> you know, 501c3, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about where he's just like, I, you know, and how, uh, it, um, I forgot her name already, but Angela Bassett's character, her whole speech about the ocean. Um, and I didn't get it at first. I did not get it at first. It came to me later after I, after I was done watching the movie. And had been able to sit with it for a minute, and just knowing, like, what happens if you if you breach that that ceiling? Is it is that's all there is? Is there more to climb? Or um, and it just I don't know. It kind of made me like reevaluate <laughs> some things and my own life and uh, my own passions and how uh, all of last year was kind of like a, a lesson getting back to who I am or was outside of um, the rat race of work, you know, um, and. It's, I don't know, Soul was a timely release with the pandemic and all. And I did, I really, like I said, I really loved his messaging. Um, with you, LJ, saying that this is our destination for kids, I guess that would mean Terry is death. And I love that, actually. <laughs> I do. The count is off. I love Terry. It's my favorite character. I said it before I was played again. And I, I really did not see that thing about... Um, Tina, Tina Fey's character um, learning who they were and, and what their passion was, their purpose was through living their life as a 
black man and that just say how important and maybe I don't know universal our stories might be or are to a lot of people um yeah it's just there's there's so many layers to it is it's it's very layered and um yeah like I said it's because even with the even if I was joking about it and I'm being serious like the fact of him trying to cheat death you think about it like how far would we go? We would cheat death in order to go to what we think is purposeful for us. Like if we think we deserve it, if we can find a way to cheat death, we would do it. So I, for that aspect, it's, it's true. Cause like we go above and beyond to feel that we need to get to that thing that we've been fighting for the most. But then the end result was that once we get to it, was it worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you the think piece I'm surprised didn't get written? Wait, I'm all ears. What's up? There was an Indian woman doctor when he woke up in the hospital the neurosurgeon whoever she was was a woman and she was of color and i was expecting the floodgates to open <laughs> like i was ready for all the analyses and like she's running that like i wanted this whole fan fiction thing of like how she went through med school and it didn't happen i was so shocked i was like oh well you should make that happen <laughs> you, you you should be you should be the one to lead that talk no. Putting on your lap. No. <laughs> that film was very beautiful and it's I think authentic representation of uh diversity. Yes. Um and like in, in uh like again the barbershop scene or when he went to his uh mother's tailor shop, they had they had Eric Badu's apple tree playing in the background. I'm like what I had also, never What happened to Paul? I felt so bad. He don't need therapy. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) He had to go. He don't don't need therapy. We'll call up um, Miss Harkness. Have her (laughs) take him back (laughs) to move forward. What we'll do. (laughs) Um, So are we are we ready for crit or do we have I'm ready. I'm like I said, I'm along for the ride. I'm along for the ride. I'm, we can we can do it. Okay, well I'm putting the maker down time back. And um okay, as our guest, why don't you introduce the movie we'll be creating today? Oh, okay. So um <laughs> movie we'll be creating today is a, is a movie um known as Tales from the Hood Three. Tales from the Hood Three is technically, I guess, the fourth movie from what I heard. <laughs> but um is it really? Yeah. But I'm gonna let LaMail go like I didn't even know that. But um it's the third one that we know of. <laughs> and um it's definitely a good movie as far as bringing back not putting so much humor into like the second one and what they did with the second one, but it is definitely um there's a lot of stuff that's different. For one thing, I will say that the character that everybody's familiar with that came from the first two um Tales from the Hood movies is not in that movie, but I think that makes this the more unique um of the of the movies. And um, main star you can take from it um, is Tony Todd, who everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Final Destination fame, Candyman fame, Star Trek The Next Generation fame. You you name it, he's he done it. He's also on Riverdale. He's also on Riverdale. He also played um, <laughs> he also played the voice of the Fallen in Transformers 2. A lot of people forgot about that. <laughs> so he's done a lot. He has done a lot. And he's also um, recently was the voice of Darkseid in the last Justice League animated movies. So. Yep. Check out the resume. Yeah, he has, a, he has an extensive resume. resume. Has an extensive resume, and he's also going to be in an upcoming Candyman movie. Yeah, which we hope to see in theaters. 
<laughs> you know, IFC is opening. Quick interjection. IFC is opening like next week. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? I walked by the other night. Oh. Thank you for that. I'm nervous. <laughs> but. Yeah. So. Initial feelings. Um. So. Did we for, like it? Did we hate it? <laughs> I. I personally, I liked it because I liked it because it was better than to me. It was better than part two. Part two was Jesus Christ. Part two yeah. was trash. <laughs> like it. The even if they brought in Keith David, who is also a phenomenal actor, it. Uh, I don't know if it was they couldn't find a good studio to help produce it. If they didn't have enough, I don't know. Like the, the some of the it was just. Uh, it it was it was something. That's all I can really say. It it, it wasn't great. I am not gonna say it was good. I'm not gonna say it, it was just. Ah uh, man, it was so. Part three made me happy. Part three made me happy. Um, just to interject for the podcast people, I wish you could see the facial expressions, the body, <laughs> the physicality. Right now oh man, it's so it's, much. It's a lot. It's a lot happening. Talk. I should have brought. If I, me saying part two is just like it makes your stomach turn. So, yeah. um, but was, yeah, like mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was good. I think the overall arching story. If you didn't, well, if you didn't know what was coming, um, I think the overall story was was good because of what was happening and why that was happening, and um, and then some of the stories. I mean, one, I think I had one story that I didn't think was going to be actually okay. It was, wasn't going to be good, but it actually made sense and I liked it. And um, But yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. But yeah, I liked it. Jared? Um, Tales from the Hood, the first one, will always reign supreme for me throughout all the rest from the series. The uh, two... Well, why? What? I just... I No. No, it left... Um, it left a horrible taste in my mouth. I just, I, uh, the good golly, what, what I, mm, moving on. Um, the third <laughs> one, the third one was a step up, especially after I saw when they started the first, um, the first tale, I was like, okay, this is already a leg up from, like, in terms of quality, acting, all of that. Um, and I did not get where the last one was going. So when, you know, you know, she popped up as, you know, bag lady i was just like oh i don't oh this is what we're doing um and it was it was very interesting because in all the stories all protagonists we could not root for them like we could not root for them like the main characters of each of each beignet we could not root for they were all like kind of terrible a moral yeah a moral characters and yeah it was just it was it was interesting the, for them, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not fable. Um, what is it when it's folk tale? What's what is it? Where is the story that teaches you a lesson? What's that word? Oh, like the moral of the story, like the moral of the story, or something like that. That's a, yeah, but there's, is there's not like a fable. A, it may be. I can't remember this. I don't think the script are like. If I gotta I'm Google it, up. <laughs> a fable. Google is um, my best. our best friend. Man, but yeah, how they were, how they were all like uh, uh, maybe cautionary tales, or um, but it was like very interesting that they were using. Yeah, um, fable, a short story, typically with animal. Oh no, that's with animals. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were no animals. 
in this film. Um, so something, some, I, it will probably come to be right, right after we're done recording, but um, yeah, it was, it was interesting that they were uh, taking, you know, um, these they're called, kind of... They're, they're called fables. They're called fables. They are? Yeah, a fable okay. is a short story that teaches a lesson or conveys a moral. Okay, so fables, you know. Um, With modern the, day, okay, yeah. I was like... <laughs> modern, modern, day, modern day fables, um, you know, the social commentary um, was very interesting. Um, I would say, even though this movie was like Mel, you had said earlier, very on the nose. It was not as on the nose as the second one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I I don't know which one was my favorite. Vin Gay. Oh yes, I do. Um, I don't know the official title, but the Karma one with the shoes. <laughs> Walk a mile in their shoes. No. Those that ugly was... ass, glittery ass, gold ass. <laughs> <laughs> He got no. them down at the Payless. Yes, before it closed. Yeah, so I miss Payless. That was a, that was a, that was a like, oh, good old days. In but, but so yeah. here's, and I, I was talking about this before, but when I was watching Tales from Hood 3, I was taking my little notes and I would guess about the ending. So. Were you right each time? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that was very predictable. That's what, I was just like, ah, damn it. <laughs> Like the first, because like the first story is about the real estate agent, which okay, hold on, because we're just gonna jump right into this. Yeah, let's right? go ahead. Let's go okay. ahead. We're just gonna dive in. Yeah. Why did this man have a gun? Why was this man just running around shooting up the building? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like it got so real so fast. He came in and he shot the white dude. Then he brandished the gun, looking for the ghost. It was just shooting at. <laughs> so. Go no, no, there was like no, and there was no fire damage to any of the other apartments or the hallway. It was just their apartment. Yes. And the I don't know. It was just uh, it it escalated very quickly, and it made a lot of sense. Um, and how he just left the the white dude's body there. I thought he was gonna burn it too, or right, or do burn something, it down, yeah. write a note. <laughs> It just everything escalated very quickly. Like it, it went left very fast. But so here's here's what happened. I was watching it right, and then when he went and tried to like muscle them out of the apartment, and the little boy was bouncing the ball, and out of nowhere he was just like, "Stop bouncing that ball!" I was like, "Oh, (laughs) knew it was coming because they kept focusing on the bouncing. I knew it was coming." Yeah, like I knew it was gonna be one. I knew it was gonna be one. It reminded me so is so that particular thing with the bouncing. I don't know if y'all. If y'all haven't watched Tales from the Crypt, there was yes. an episode where um, a kid, um, I think his parents passed away and he ended up going to live with, I think, his uncle or his granddad that ran a funeral home. So the um, uncle ended up killing him and did like get rid of the body. And then the, the ghost would come back, but the ghost would bounce the ball. So like that reminded me of that particular episode of um, Tales from the Crypt. The crypt. Yeah, Maybe just they were inspired. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like the whole thing, uh, like I got the fact of why he why he killed the white dude because he ain't want no evidence coming back to him with the white dude tweet. But you're right. Well, no, I knew that. But, it was just like, but you have you didn't there. throw the gun in the river. Like you shot him and then didn't put the gun back in your belt. Like holding it in your hand, <laughs> walked back into the apartment. Then, then you walked to the apartment. 
then the ghost appear in front of you, and they disappear, and then you go with then you brandish the gun and go walk up the steps. I'm about to get y'all. You if the ghost it was appear, the fact it was the fact that he there was no remorse. There was no, no there was no try to there was no try to level with him, apologize. There was no I, it was get out. I'm gonna excise your ass with this bullet. Pow pow pow. And it was and it was also the only reason he wanted to get them out of the house because it was a money grab. It was a money grab that he had to do for his boss because they were trying to sell the white money. man. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. And like I said, it was, but then the other thing that yeah, and then the other thing that bothered me was the CGI. I'm trying to think of how I and I don't know about like real life situations, like how often is it with an apartment building that's about to get ready to get like I guess like destroyed because they try to move something else and there's only one like only family that lives you in know, there. Like how cool. is that, do you honestly do that? Like because I don't know if you can honestly say like have a one family staying there because they say everybody left, we're not leaving. We're gonna keep it reminded me it reminded me so much of the people under the stairs before. Yep. It did. That's what it reminded me of when I was watching. I was like, oh this is a familiar storyline. <laughs> except I don't I don't except I don't think they were I don't think in no, and the people under the stairs, they just kept raising the rent. And it was getting to the point where the rent was like quadruple what it was supposed to be. So if you can't pay rent, you get evicted. Right. And so this was a story about um in tales of tales from the hurt free um gentrification. But Okay, from- but it was a gentrification because that apartment building was super nice. I didn't understand. It was. That's why I never got that. <laughs> But I think it was because they were trying to put something else there and they were just trying to get rid of the property. Yeah. yeah it wasn't trying to build like a, a not a hospital. It was something. It was not it was, it was not a housing building, I know that. Yeah, and then because the family didn't want to leave, he was like, Well, we're just and the funny thing was he's done it. I think he said he'd done it before. Cause I remember when he went to the white guy, the white guy was like, just like last time. So it was like Yep. That, <laughs> he because he, he I think he had done it on another property of his. Yeah. He was like, So you, you've been you done this on my properties before? He's like, yeah, I just, I, you know. <laughs> I the the only other thing I didn't like was that ball that bounced down the hallway. Because, like, then, all you had to do was get a real basketball. Like, I don't know why that was so hard. It was the, the, uh, the green screen was right there. The, 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 it maybe wasn't bouncing right. It had to go with CGI. I mean, it was very nice. How does a ball bounce um, wrong? Leave me alone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, I was trying to, I'm just to get a benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> it, was, it was very 90s goosebumps to me, that mm-hmm. scene. And when he, you know, when he died and then they, they, he got thrown out the window and um, are defenestrated, I love that word. Um, and the family came and you know, they were all healed and they looked, you know, normal again and they went back up to the apartment. I still was mad again. There was no apology. There was no, there was no, um, um, God, words. There was no um, evidence of wrongdoing or of accountability or of, you know, you did this to us. This is why this happened to you. I mean, I'm not going to put the onus on the, the dead to speak for what happened to them because it wasn't their fault. But, the fact that you know he, there was just no kind of like um characters were very static yeah. there was no like dynamic growth moment there was no like it was this is them and that's it this, yeah. is, like, this is what you get and there's not there's not going to be any kind of change or yeah it was very boxed in it was not mm-hmm. the stories didn't they didn't grow very far than what they they could have done 
So but I'm starting was, to think that maybe because like when we're introduced to the stories because this little girl is walking around with Tony Todd mysteriously and <laughs> she starts telling all these shitty stories about these shitty people who die and so I think when you get to the end you kind of realize like she was warning him that he was about to die because you're a shitty person <laughs> you haven't done anything to change being a shitty person that's why we couldn't root for anyone in this story because we couldn't root for uh, Tony Todd's character okay that makes sense I didn't see I didn't see it I didn't see it like that I just I, I mean, I thought it was weird that the little girl was telling all the stories because usually it's it's um, an adult. And that's what I was about to say. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I'm pretty sure we'll get to it when we like get to the the, the um, rounding story. But definitely, I got to give them props for how they promoted the movie because going into the movie, you thought Tony Todd assumed yeah. the character's role. Yeah, so I have to yeah. give them props for that because that was probably one of the main reasons why people wanted to see the movie to begin with. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I, that's that's these are good analysis. I lo- I love this talk. I, <laughs> I, I love being a guest critter. Yay! Yes, guest critter. Yay. <laughs> what was the, the next story? Was the incel right? Yeah. Was, yeah, the, the zoo <laughs> with the sex dolls. <laughs> oh my god! I think okay, so <laughs> I think at some point in that story. I think they overdid a lot of I think they overdid some things in that story to an extent. Like I I, I got I got it, like um the person that was racist. I got the whole thing about him being in a certain area, but then I think at certain points it for me it started to seem like it was too much to hit home how racist he was. Like I got it. Like I, I got it after a first little bit, but then like you brought up the sex dolls, I think it just started getting like a little too too much. Like if you even brought up the sex dolls and just Show them, insinuate something like make a, I guess like a segue to it, but don't go too in deep in depth with it. I'd have been fine, but like all the extra stuff, I was just like, all right, I get it, I get it. Over overly racist, yeah. <laughs> I text, I texted now, like I, you know, I didn't sign up for this. This is not. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, I sent her, you know, the love and hip hop clip that I referred to. Lastly, I am disgusted, but more so it was like the whole, oh my God, you know, because I'm just like, this is really happening right now. This is so awkward. What if, like, why are we lingering so long? Oh, he just grabbed another one. What's going on? Exactly. And, That's the- <laughs> and I just, and my whole thing was with you saying they overdid it, I think that was the point again, because they were trying to show like how um, that like their, their racism and like their 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 bigotry ma- makes them like these caricatures of like ridiculousness because once you realize that it's like a I thought it was a museum but when they said the word zoo it's just like so he is put on display to be gawked at for his uh, almost you know it's not it's a zoo but it, it reminds me of like you know like the the, the like a, the word that came to mind was freak show mm. um, because it's just like when you're watching him and, and what he's saying into the radio and all his signs on um, the, not lawn, but you know, on his, on his land mm-hmm. and um, the posters um, and just, it's just like, damn, like this is like, this is some really ridiculous stuff. But then you, you think like people actually think and live like this and I, I think it was set in the, it had to be set in the future. It yeah. had to be. It came off very 
at the end, it came out very black mirrorish. Um, and it was just, especially when the children were like, can we go see the massage in this place? See, I was gonna say something about that. So this is like, so this is like a, it's like they, the writers, um, uh, Darren and, uh, is it Rusty? Rusty Candif and I think, um, Darren something I can't remember the name of the other person, but I know Rusty Candy was major- like wrote majority of the stories. Yeah, I feel like they I feel like they took that whole um, like let's take the museum of tolerance and let's just you know <laughs> let's remix that and turn it into a zoo of um, I don't know intolerant beliefs to be you know because uh, they were they're essentially you know uh, it was like was it satire you know like poking fun making art. Like just showing them, you know, this is how ridiculous y'all look and can be, and then this is like the result of this. And I'm like, I was trying to understand, did he die? At the yeah, end? he shot. Yes, he did because he shot at the um, he shot at the people that was looking at him, but because of the bullet force, force, yeah. force field, it bounced back and it um hit him in the head. So that means he and they said the I think they said in the, on his exhibit it said like the last racist or something. So that means he's. Like that was they're extinct now. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking like, what does you know? I'm glad you brought that up because I appreciate the metaphor, right? About how like backwards beliefs like that will kill you, Mm -hmm. and like you do all that damage to yourself. What and I get like the overall ideation of the the too much racist. Like we're gonna over season him so that he's like extra racist, right? What bothers me is that I feel like that's such an archaic description or descript like situation to put a racist person in that it's it's it hinders people because then when you talk about racism and racism in this country, now that's the first image you think about when that's not the exactly. realistic situation. You know what I mean? And like I get it, I like it, it was cool, but I also wish that that maybe they could have toned it down just a little bit that, to make him be a real like- person. This movie lacks nuance. Nuance, you don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know her. So it would have been. Nuance don't live here no more. She doesn't live here anymore. But it definitely, it definitely would have been interesting. Like, and even in that aspect, I would I would I wondered what would have happened had they still did the same idea, but did it with a more, I guess what to say. I would say passive aggressive racist, but like one of the people that's the, the um the ones that be like, well, I got two black friends, and you know, right? Or like it could have been like a like somebody like a like a HR person going through resumes and like, oh, Tawanda, no, yeah. <laughs> like there yeah. were other ways that we could have presented this, or just the yeah. idea of like um at the end when he was like, let's go to the massage the misogyny exhibit, like just one wonder what it could have did if they kept, took that whole particular thing and just made like base it around the whole exhibition itself and just have these numerous things there to try yeah. to yeah. I know they only had so much time to do what they wanted to do for their skits. Depending. That, it's it, a, it's right. a bad it's way more... anyway. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've seen... Oh, I'm sorry, Jerry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. I was just going to say, I've seen... Because like there, there are Black people that have tried to do the same thing, right? You know how many short films I've seen that it's like oh, it's the black delegation and they have like the light-skinned person and the hotep person and then this person. And it never comes off the way that you think that it should. They just need better writers. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it's like nuance should have brought your ass home last night. Yes. 
Yes. It's just so it would have been yeah it would have been interesting if it would have been like a a, a um, like a, a regular person you know like um i don't know like the 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 white neighbor up the street um y'all said someone in HR. it could have been somebody in an office hell or um oh a principal you know you know there could have been just uh, a teacher there could have been uh, so many other things but I think you know within it could have been the hall of microaggressions (laughs) yes and we moved down and we just watch it all happen (laughs) and they zoom out and then you just see like the names of all the other yeah so I could definitely see that happening but I I mean kind of like what I said with um with uh my whole thing about antebellum like that definitely was not for us because like we know we know, we, we're aware, and we're also aware that it looks different than that. It is it's a lot more insidious now. That's why it's called um, systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it works, it, it's, it's more, it works a little more uh, covertly now. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it the more like, dangerous and lethal so it being like outward and ridiculous you know the, okay good point but at the same time um we need to also see the other side of the coin here um and yeah i don't know i mean it was aside from them you know being so over the top you know with the whole the sex dolls and some other stuff uh, i got i got what they were picking up but i was just like uh, what am i doing holding this i'm just i'm <laughs> I'm gonna set it down over here. I'm, I'm gonna pick. My, I'm gonna put my purse up and I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going home. Thank you so much. Oh man, not for me. <laughs> your your oh, analysis man. is spot on, Jared. <laughs> I appreciate it. So what what was the story after that? It was the um. It was the singer. Um, the singer that um. Oh, you mean um, Skeleton Key? Skeleton Key Part Two. Yeah. Skeleton, yes. Yeah, Skeleton Point <laughs> Five. Yeah. That, I caught on to that one very quickly. I did too. I did too. But um, yeah, that was the next one. Um, because of the girl that was the girl that was, I guess, a background singer for some main person, but then she outsung her, and then the guy picked up on it. And then I was like, like, "What kind of? I was like, what kind of Beyonce bad TV skit is this?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, off. But yeah, it was that story itself uh, with her taking care of the woman that sung Carmen. And I, and I have to appreciate... Lynn Whitfield. Yeah, Lynn Whitfield. And I have to appreciate um, what they were doing with that particular character as far as why, why she kept watching her singing Carmen over and over again and yeah. how she explained it, like the way she explained it. I, I, appre- I appreciated that part of the story. That was good writing. That was yeah. really good writing. Yes. Her, the backstory of that um and how just that one moment because of how the country is ruined everything for her yeah and that that was awesome and then of course did it start getting all skeleton skeleton key <laughs> so um, you, oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say so we've all seen skeleton key yes yes i i enjoy skeleton key it pissed me off at the end of course because just like god damn it wait <laughs> did it Wait, did it? Because I'm sorry. Then you realize who is actually in those bodies yeah. and why there is no body. So it makes you think, why am I mad? <laughs> like, and that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, if anything, I should be like, oh, go y'all. Y'all did that. 
Um, but in this one, it was more like, no, again, you can't root for these characters. She got what she deserved because you killed her to essentially rob her. Yeah. And it's like, even, what? Yeah. I, but I can't root for you, even though he was playing her the whole time. But it's just like, I can't. But she fell into it because how we laying in bed and then the first thing out of your mouth is, let's rob her. What? But what? Yeah, why was, no, it wasn't that clear. Yeah, because remember, the, like, she was like, oh, I just had this thought when she said I wasn't that good. I just wanted to kill her. Then dude was like, well, why don't that we? Was, really? No, I, laughed. <laughs> I laughed so hard on that scene because I'm just like, wow, is this, you know, with the, the I don't know, what do you call it? Was it a dummy or a puppet or, you know, was it, was it jello? I don't know. But um, <laughs> I just was, that threw me off guard because I was not expecting them to go there and so quickly. And I'm just like, not Lynn Whitfield. Come on. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I just felt like this is so, they're talking about um, what greed or um, materialism. Um, and then um, I feel like they were also covering ageism too, because there was a line when Lynn's character said, where she said, um, being old is just as, um, just, she said, just as bad as being black in terms of um, trying to be successful or trying to, um, you know, move on up in the world. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that. Yeah, we don't really, especially in show business. I don't. I. I don't think it. That probably is talked about a lot. But it was interesting to see it in a in the horror narrative because yeah. that that is a horror story. Because like knowing that who you are now is not enough to compete with everything else that's out there even though you have this impressiveness behind you and how she had to essentially like convert herself into a younger um more youthful like um i think the voice was still hers but it was more like she had to it was sad that she she had to like she i said yeah, I think she took the. I think she more so took the the, the youth over just in order to like the second because everybody was like the second chance just to have a second chance to get back what she felt didn't get to her. So of course that was the the main thing. But everything you're saying too with the ages, I think it it, it plays a, it plays a good part in it because yeah, like when a lot of us get old, we look at like what a lot of younger people are doing. Like even if you look at what's going on now, like within music, within movies, within anything, um, a lot of older actors are just older folks any, anyway they have like mid midlife crises so they try to dress young be young in order to stay what's 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 trendy what's trendy yeah. and what's trending what's so, hip what's yeah cool. exactly um <laughs> yeah this one was my favorite though because i feel like this was the creepiest one because they pulled an are you afraid of the dark and had her trapped in the mirror yep Mm -hmm. And then that whole scene where, like, they were in the tub was just, I was like, oh. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, what am I looking at right now? What's happening? I don't, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, it was, and, like, the whole blood drinking thing. When when the blood transfusion shit was brought out, I'm like, okay, wait, something something's going on with that. I don't know what it is yet, but something. Something's going on with that. Like my 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 spidey senses were tingling. But um, <laughs> yeah. when it when you realize like that's what it was for, because uh, he had he had gotten her blood already, um, and then so that and that meant you know 
he could do the transfer after staying in that little cell. And when she, when she, like, I thought she was having a dream. Um, and she, like, walked into, and it was all the candles. And was he, I think he was in a pentagram. And he was yes. chanting. Mm-hmm. As an old man we'd never seen before. That's when I finally re- realized, like, what's going on. And how, after they switched bodies, again, like, the skeleton key. They didn't kill her in the skeleton key. But in this one, he just... Over the, over, over the banister you yeah. go! <laughs> like, Bye. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> if y'all have ever seen the strain in season one, that really reminded me of a scene that happened in there that also took place with like um a, a like a, a banister balcony, whatever, um involving an old person. Um strain is really good. Y'all should check that out. With uh and your model Toro works on it on FX. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Really I read good. the I book. Good. I never watched the series. I watched like the I, first I really, season of it. It was actually pretty good. I, I should well back into it. I really enjoyed it. It's really good. But um, I, Lynn Whitfield was a joy to see because um, I feel like her and Tony helped, you know, elevate this. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it was it was still, it was still, you know, of course, the movie, but it felt nice to have like A-listers in there um, kind of work their magic. Um, and I don't, I think the only thing horror I've seen uh, Lynn in is um, Eve's Bayou. So this was nice to kind of see her again in like this, this genre. Um, and again, I didn't, for her, the character's name was Shayla. I, 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 I don't know, I don't, I couldn't really feel sorry for her. It was just like, you, you, <laughs> you were gonna rob, the, you know, you killed her to rob her, I don't yeah, because the whole the whole the whole fact that like it led to that was because she got mad because of Lynn Whitfield saying her her voice needs a little work, and she got mad and she brought the attention to the, the guy, which that led for the perfect setup to make everything start happening. Yeah, which I think, I, which yeah. is funny because I think he did that. On, he I think he picked her just for the fact of what happened the first time when he talked to her because yep. I think she did say that of uh, well, I'm better singing than all of them anyway. So he kind of like you know what good like this will work. Yep. The like the pride, the the cockiness, the um the fact that you know yeah, and the fact that instead of taking that as I know the way she said it was shady, but it's just like um you've you've been watching this video for however long. Was it shady or was it an old black woman being an old black woman? Okay. Constructive criticism, take it, learn from it. Don't don't get mad and yeah, I just again, she just thought it's a whole like that um, uppity attitude that is rampant in this, you know, social media driven generation that I think did her in. And at the end of the day, I'm like, especially after it got to the point where it was like uh, murder and robbery, I was like, I can't root for you, girl. So you being skeleton key, you did it. It's fine, right? Like I- There you go. and then should we move on to the the uh, the last story before the uh, the overarching one? The, sure. The karma. <laughs> Walk about <laughs> them shoes, them Gucci shoes. First of all, can we talk about <laughs> the fact that this man was Superman punching people in the street? Yeah. Like he was full <laughs> on Roman Reigns, like, <laughs> and nobody said anything. <laughs> There was, there was no, there was like no kind of pushback or nobody came to help the person who fell that or got hit on like the security footage of any of them. Um, 
him doing it to the old lady, like right when we opened, I was just like, this is what we're on. Okay. Um, and the fact that, you know, this character was just so, I don't know. I just, again, I, I couldn't root for any of these people, but him in particular, he just was like, why are you preying on the vulnerable like this? For what? What is it? What is it doing for you? Like, what is it? What is he getting out of it? Like, I don't know. I think. But then he was preying on vulnerable, weak people, and then be mad when they only have like three dollars. Exactly. Exactly. But old woman, what else do I have in my purse besides some butterscotches and a couple of dollars? I don't know what you were looking for. Not the not the butterscotches. Then I think. And then I think he just got. I think he liked this, the little bit of celebrity he was getting because of the news when they kept reporting like this is like the third or fifth case of this happening, but they only showed a couple of them. So I think he just enjoyed that until a woman came on TV and of course did the curse. <laughs> so that whole moment was so strange. Yeah, was... I did. <laughs> and then she like took the very... mic and started looking at the camera. I was like, because like, she, so she grabbed the mic and looked dead in the camera like, Mama <laughs> will come to get you. I curse you. You. <laughs> It's your turn. <laughs> it, was very, it was very intense. It was very intense. Um, and then, like, um, he can we talk about the fact that his last victim, he literally one hit KO'd? I was like, waiting for like Michael Cole to come in out of like nowhere and be like, bodies, bodies <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's a massacre. <laughs> He just he punched in death, y'all. He just and he was just and he left him there in the trash. And yeah, I um, never got and I never got that. I was like, out of everybody he punched, this just happened to be the one dude he do to punch on. And he, did it, was it the punch or was it something the guy landed on with the trash? Right. I mean, it was you don't definitely know. The, it was yeah, definitely don't know. It, it was, was definitely. The, I think oh. it was the punch because, and then also um, with how we found out later he was having like health health ailments. I think maybe he was already weak. So something oh, like that. Right. Yeah. Also, yeah. can we talk about the magical shoes that like these Cinderella sneakers that fit his foot? Because homeboy Thank was you. small. Yeah. I, was, I was really, I was really, I was really about to say, I'm like, there's no way these fit. Like it, you got you gotta make sure they fit. And the fact that they did fit, I'm just like, okay, that's a little unrealistic. Because again, their frame sizes were very different, but but it was the curse, so the curse knew he grabbed it and then he extended the shoe. I'm just making up something. So. Right, but it fits, it fits. It fits right where it needs to. I also was not for like the whole toilet humor. I, oh, when he pooped but, his hands. So, so you know what? I was mad at that too, but then uh, when they got further to it, and I think the woman, when he got, when he actually saw the woman and he was wondering what was going on, they were saying that that's what the body goes through when it's going through um, the stages of death. So it does all. Uh, yeah, decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first I was like, decomposing. Okay. I was like, that's. I was like, that's very random. That kind of curse is this. Then, yeah. Then, like, more then, then, <laughs> it's like this. I was like, okay. Then he say he's getting cold. Then he said it is. But then he like, got stuck in the like subway for two days or something. I don't know what that was. Rigor mortis. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Rigor mortis. Oh, Shut up. <laughs> um, and can, can you guys really explain this to me? Because I got lost. Um, what what was the deal with the 
angel fairy at the car crash, and then the the the, the, the suited thing with the beak and the so like, what? So he was in between. So because of him going through, um, like walking the mile, limbo, was getting ready to die. He was um, yeah. basically going through all stages of death. So he was seeing an angel like say somebody, and then the beak thing was a harbinger, a harbinger. So it was uh-huh. actually trying to take, his, take soul his soul for all the bad things he's done. But because he's still alive, technically, he's going to be going through that whole thing until he actually dies. So he's basically going to be alive, basically, till his body just completely rots out before he actually goes to die. hell. Yeah. So that's why like the harbinger like kept like grabbing him, but like. You see a shadow, but it kept going back into him because he's technically not dead. Okay, because I was really lost. Because and then when he's in the hospital and he he finds the um the woman and her uh, her grandmother, um and she says, for the curse to stop, you have to. I think she, he had to go to the morgue and make peace with the the guy the guy he killed for his shoes. And then what was the if he didn't do that? What was the consequence? Oh, like, he was, what. Sorry, LJ just said it was what LJ just said because his body was now directly tied to the dead body of the guy that he stole the shoes from. So if he didn't go and like make amends or do whatever, then his body would decompose at the same rate as the dead guy because they were now cosmically linked together. So he would just keep going through that cycle of that bird thing trying to steal his soul and then it wouldn't steal his soul and his body like rotting because he was dying. And that's why she had said, um, that hell is a more preferable option. Yes. Yeah. Then the okay. Because technically, because technically, until because it, it, like if you were to go past the, like the scream where um go like goes to the end. So technically, like as if the body completely is in the ground and then it completely rots to just a skeleton, that is going to be his um that's basically his fate until he like dies for real. Like he has to go through that much before he actually can die. So he's basically just going to be a walking. Just basically, yeah, because that's why I thought it was funny when he finally met up with her because she was like, Yo, stupid ass, kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, so that's so that's how, like, and then that's how it ends because, like, it's he never made peace with the body. They, yeah, because they were doing an autopsy and they cut him open when they cut him open. He he did not get in that room fast enough for me. I just, I felt like him screaming at the window, like, he. He can be seen though by actual people because the the other attendants saw him, but he didn't try to get in the room, and I that just bothered me. I mean, I know like you're you're going through pain because like the body is being cut open and you're being cut open, but why are you not like moving forwards to the door and opening it and screaming? I don't know because she had her music on and I just I don't know. I just felt like that was, and then when she got the um the the saw, I was just like okay. You can still get in there. I, I don't know. I just, so when he, when he, when basically his fate was sealed, I was just like, um, well, look at the choices that got you here. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like, what was the lesson of that? What was the, like, especially with it being a, like a, a, a hood black man. What is the, what, are, what were we trying to say? Like was is materialism your downfall? Like what? What are we trying to? What What are we doing? I'm asking y'all because I was. A little I, I I think it's I, like I say I I honestly be honest with you I don't know um because with some of their what a lot of their stories even 
even from the the second one, you kind of knew what the the overall arc of a story would be as far as like to come up as a person should have done, but they didn't. With this one, I don't. I really can't sit here and tell you what I think, like what I know it would be, because I don't know. I honestly you know, don't know. I mean, well, karma for one. Carol, but yeah. You know, in a Christmas Carol, how the last one when they talk to the the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And yeah. he just be pointing, and I'm talking specifically about the Muppets one because that nigga was he was creepy with the hood and he couldn't have a face. He was just like, <laughs> I feel like all of these stories are what happened if Scrooge woke up and was like, yeah, no, fuck that. I can see that. <laughs> I can I can see that. Like I'm not changing. I like my money. It'll be fine. It'll be what it is. <laughs> Let's see what happens. What is it? Little Tim can die. I don't care. I didn't care about him before. I don't care about him now. <laughs> So okay, karma, right. so definitely okay. <laughs> so definitely karma, and yeah, just, you know, just the, the whole showering scene was just like yeah. his. Yeah. I would say his his um, his friend. I liked his friend because that yeah, was his like, friend was this, funny. <laughs> this characterization was very. I would say I feel like that was very authentic. Because um, I'm like you could I don't know like y'all have scissors like you could cut his pants off or I don't know but his friend just being like. Nah, I'm not like I'm good. I'm good over here. I'm gonna eat this chicken. You yeah. deal with whatever you're dealing with. Thanks for the food. Appreciate you. Yeah, I like this. I like this friend now. I, I would say maybe he was the MVP. <laughs> I didn't like the the harbinger thing. I just wish it was explained more. I didn't like how they how they. I like the look of it. Yeah, it looked very art school. No. It looked like one of the, <laughs> it looked like it looked like one of the birds from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my god, yes. What it looked like. That's literally <laughs> with the birds, the with, yeah. the, with the feathers Fly everywhere. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's yep. It just threw like, me off when the I first thought. iteration of that, like when they had the idea for the birds and like the first sketch. Before they made it to the final version, that's what that looked like. I'd rather just been like a, a shadow or something trying to get them or something or of that nature. But the bird, eh, I mean, I don't know. I have to I have to look into it because probably was a meaning behind that particular type of um, look the they were trying to go. But it's just it was bad. It was. It was no meaning yeah. that can justify. <laughs> I would say out of all the videos. Uh, the whole walk out of mile in my shoes with Tyven. Yeah, I would say that was my favorite, even though like the whole toilet humor and everything was kind of it threw me off. But I, I like the whole the whole, you know, um I put a curse on you, karma. I put a spell on you. It's very drag me to hell. Ah, Am I the only person that doesn't like that movie? I hate yeah. that movie so that much. I had a friend. I had a friend back in college, um, and I loved the movie. And um, he watched it with me for the first time. When I tell you he hated that movie so much, he. Um, do y'all remember um, on YouTube? I think they still do them, but I haven't watched them in like years. Uh, Cinema Sins or whatever. Yes. Yeah. He wrote his. Uh, he wrote his own. He wrote his own of the movie and like gave it to me the next day. I still have it in like the DVD case for Drag Me to Hell. Like he hand wrote it and everything, and he's just like he hated that movie to death. I, I, and I, I thought it, and I love it more because he hated it because it was just so funny. But it, I can, I, he had y'all have valid points to hate the movie, y'all do. But I, I, I just enjoyed the whole the moral center 
that they were getting at. I mean, I, pre- I appreciated it. I mean, I like the, the karma part. Like I said, it was, I just think the, the one punch, that's why I said the one punch to kill the guy, I just did, I was like, really? One punch, that's it? Like, he had to hit him, like, with enough force to, like, break his neck or something. But like you said, he um, probably go through health issues. So that probably led to it. Um, yeah, blunt force head trauma, just one. Yeah. yeah. Reminds, me of that, reminds me of the second one um, with the, the uh, what was called the medium. And he like where he was getting beat up in that chair, and he insulted one of the goons, and he mm. he like he hit him so hard he killed him. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I, overall, I like the story. I like the story. Um, I, if I'm trying to think, was I think that was that probably was my. It's, it's, it, it edges out the Lynn Fit, the Lynn Whitfield one is my favorite. It's like small edge, not like a big wow. edge, small small edge. But I think it's just because of the like like you pointed out the story, the karma, and then like you pointed out the like dumbass you kill somebody <laughs> like that just stands out. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like look at you, look what you did, look what you done did. Mm. <laughs> and so then, go ahead, go ahead. The bro. last story. Are we moving on? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So the yeah. last story is the one that puts the nice little bow on all of these larger stories. Okay, okay, I'm confused slightly. So was he just like a child murderer or was he I like was, a pedophile? No, I think I murderer. I got murderer from it. I got murderer. I feel like um, he was taking kids and saying that their parents was going to meet up with them in certain places or probably like, see, so like the thing is we don't know like where he met the kid. Right. He was walking with her. But he could possibly, I was always taking it like he may have seen him at a park or somewhere. Um, just say, hey, your mom uh, wants me to come pick you up or something. And he would take them back to that place in there and meet them there. Mm-hmm. And then he'll he'll just kill them. Kill them and probably bury your bodies and that's it. But that's why I asked if he was a pedophile. Because it's very strange that it was all children. I don't think, I don't think so. I think it was probably, and see that's, and that's, and you bring up a good point because I'm just not thinking about this. I think that if it had its own separate movie, we would know more about that character because yeah. it had to be a reason why he kept putting those um, bag masks over their face mm-hmm. because they had to represent something before he um, decapitated the kids. Yeah, so that had to represent something, but we don't know. Like we don't know that because we just know the overarching story as to where it led. Right. But I think his character itself, like um, I would say, it's more so a murderer. But it's just we don't know why. Why is key, like you said? Why is why is it particularly kids that he's doing that to? Yeah, I think it was funny when when they were walking down because I was waiting for her to be like, my mom only has one friend and it's not you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was waiting. I was waiting on something. But like I said, I didn't know. I didn't know where it was going. Like, and then I was like, why would you? Then at first I was like, well, why is he letting her tell all the stories unless he's actually the person? And then he'll say, hey, this is what it is. Because at first I thought she was already dead and it was going to be a twist on what he normally does and like have her ascend to heaven or something. Yep. That's what I thought. It was That's going. what I thought. Because well, she kept talking about like the bad things that were following them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, you're dead. And there are like demons following you to this graveyard. And he's trying to like help you ascend planes or whatever. Yeah. But we were, we were fooled. Wrong. <laughs> when they were, when they were in the elevator and they were like going down, it was like all this red. I was thinking, okay, we're, they're descending into hell. So mm. now we're going to get like, you know, because usually in all the movies, um, one of them is, or one of the characters in the overarching story is revealed as like the devil or something. 
Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, so which I I really did not pick up that it was gonna be her. So when again, the bag lady, when it just popped out, I was just like, oh, okay. So that means he's a bad man. <laughs> and you have come to give him his comeuppance. Um, and I, I did not get that he was a child murderer until all the other children appeared. Um, it just, it, I don't know. I, just, I didn't pick it up like I did the, all the other ones. Um, you, I thought it was interesting that he was the only person to apologize. He was, but yes. I think that he was. But I honest, but I also think that it was be it wasn't it was one of those things like you would expect from apologizing because they really felt it. I think he was more so apologizing. Well, no, that, no, you actually bring up a good point because I think even before he was about to kill her, he was kind of sad about it. But he was, and that's why I said his character is like it's. It seemed like there's a lot more to the character that we don't know because mm-hmm. he's like he was sad to even do that, but he was about to do it. Like mm-hmm. he seems very remorseful. Yeah, he seemed very remorseful at the end of the day, um, which I think would make him like a sympathetic character until you realize like what he's done. And it's like, can I still, can I still root for you here? Because this yeah. is like, this, this is the, um, she said some line, she said, um, I think she said, you got to get all of them, but I get yes. to get you. No, she, yeah, so that's, the, and that's what I was going to uh, wait till you uh, got brought up because everybody was saying that that wasn't the original character from the first two. But in actuality, it was because the main character was the devil. And then even when you look at what she did, when the kids' um, souls start going up in the air, mm-hmm. that's what she stated that he gets all the good souls and then I get you. I get you, you. yeah. Every yeah. part, he will always get the ones that did bad. So, yeah. So it really, so it was like, it was a change. It was like, it was still the same character, but it was a change in the character because it wasn't like a person that's telling good stories or a person that runs a funeral home. This is just, we're going to, we're going to change this aspect of it, even though it's technically the same character. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they all ended this. They all ended the same way. Like, I think, and with that line, was it? Is it Welcome to Hell? Yeah, or something. I'm, I'm glad that that was consistent through all the movies. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I for me, I just did not pick up that it was going. For me, Mel, that story was not predictable. I did not pick up that it was going in that direction, like where he was the bad guy and she was the, you know, I yeah. didn't pick that up. So it 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 it, it surprised me. Um, and it again, the fact that he was the only one to show remorse for what he had done. Um, but by that time, you know, it was it was too late. You know, yeah, you gotta you gotta pay. <laughs> so I I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, I would just. It, again, it was a step up from the second one. Um, Did anyone else have issue with her, like, demon Zordon, Zordon head? Like, the CGI was, was killing he, me the whole movie. The eyes threw me off a little bit. It, it threw me off a little bit, but I will literally say that the CGI of part three is way above part two. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, but but let's not even... <laughs> Might even go there. Oh Jesus! But, um, I don't know what. Part. What? But then the one thing, like like you were saying, like you you were surprised by. I was surprised too because I know th- throughout the movie when the spirits would be shown, like the the big the the tall spirits, and she would say, "Look, who is that right there?" And you would see Tony Todd of uh, turn around. You were expecting he was the one seeing them and not her. Yeah. So so it was hinted at throughout the whole thing who was who. 
Yeah. So it was oh, like, I agree with y'all because I didn't catch it either. Because like, like we said, like I thought it was going to be a whole other story and then she ended up being the devil and I was like, wait. <laughs> so there's your nuance. <laughs> there's your nuance. <laughs> yeah. She's retired. She's come nuance, back. Nuance came home for that. So. She came home. <laughs> I, um, but I agree. I agree with Mel. The movie was in, in a lot of instances. It was very on the nose. Um, not as on the nose as again the second one because the, the, the nose was crushed. Um, it was you know rhinoplasty happened. Freddy Krueger got in there and they were like Kelly and Freddy versus Lord Jason. Voldemort nose. Oh. Like they're just it was gone. There, it was it, it was so on the nose. There was no more nose. This one there was a little bit of nose left, but it was. I don't know. I just, I appreciate, I mean, it, it makes you think, like, uh, does every story need nuance? Um, but does every story have to be over the top? Is, you know, what, where is the happy, does the happy medium need to exist in Tales from the Hood series? I don't know. Because um, Rusty and Baron have a lot to say. And Here's my question about, just to, to, here's the question I want to pose to your question. Because do you think that there is nuance and trick or treat? Oh God. Uh, yes. I want to say because uh, like some of those stories, like even though a lot of them were over, you know what? That's a movie that literally has to be revisited because I want to say it does because some of the stories does have a kind of bit of nuance, and then even if you look at how all of them tie in. <laughs> Some of it all revolves around a story with the kids on the bus because yeah. it goes back to a particular character at the end. So like all like I think that's one of the even though we're kind of like going off to another book movie of I think Trick or Treat is probably one of the best put together anthology as far as tie in story like how the yeah. story literally they're they're separate stories but they how you see how they all tie in even at the end when you see like the, everybody at certain points together and how it ends, I think that's probably one of the best tied in um, anthologies, um, movies that I've seen in, in my lifetime. Cause I'm, I'm trying to look at, think of a lot of them and I'm like, that just tied in perfectly. So yeah. that was one of my favorite things about the film. I would say it does have nuance because like the whole thing with the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the little red riding hood or like the werewolf story, yeah. how everything was like, um, like a like a metaphor we thought they were talking about um sex but no they're talking about um feeding for their very first time like as a as a werewolf and like the whole the fact that you know she was the juxtaposition of her being little red riding hood but she's actually the wolf and like um and then the story with the um where they went down in the i think it was like the ravine or whatever and like the the moral story on uh bullying and everything i think there was nuance in this in in um in trick-or-treat um i just because i guess i asked because and we've talked about this a little bit right how there's always that thing where black films in particular have all these other expectations put on top of them to Mm -hmm. be all of these other things and tales from the hood in and of itself is very much like its own thing like how Goosebumps is its own thing and, and Are You Afraid of the Dark is, is its own thing and things can happen in those series that can't really exist anyplace else because of the universe that we've come to be to expect from them. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, 
do you think that the Tales from the Hood as a whole would be would have been better if it could have been written a little bit differently? Or do you think that that exists as it exists, it's fine, and that we could do another anthology horror series with Black stories that is <laughs> written just a little bit better? <laughs> I, would, I would say... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm okay, just, no, go ahead, go ahead, Jared, go ahead. I would say definitely the latter, because... Um, with with Tales from the Hood series and with you know um, Rusty and Darren, um, how they tell their stories, how they tell their stories, um, that like their specific brand and the way that they do things, um, that is their right. That is how they do that, and I respect it. Even though like maybe it 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 clashes with either the way I would do it or the way I think it should be done, or you know how we all thought um, the like the vignette with the zoo, some areas were just like, you know, what the f- why was that there? But it's just like, um, like it might not be for me, but I'm glad that you have the ability to tell that story your way. And I respect that, um, especially with them being black creatives um, and how like the, tell- the Tales from the Hood movies or series like being over the top that that's probably because like they're made to be that way. Like that's their brand. That's how that's how it's supposed to be for them. And it and it can exist like that. And we and we can be critical of it because maybe we're used to or we like more like because these are especially the um, two and three. They're very tight B movies. You can't you can't really go into tight B movies with with type A standards. And that and that was the dissonance that I experienced um, watching the two and three. Um, I mean, the same can probably be safe for um, Tales from the Hood from the 90s, but I feel like that was on a different level of, of quality and, and storytelling before it got into like the, the I call it like the, the like Saturday sci-fi movie. Um, it wasn't Friday the 13th. It was Jason <laughs> X. Those are very different. But I'm just like, my whole thing is like these, and they're in our marketing is comedy horror movies, you know, and it's very like, um, you're reminding me of a, a you could say the same about a new Fox, uh, Hood of Horror, I think it was. Um, if y'all remember that one, I think from like 2007, and it's just like it's like that same kind of B movie, like over the top ridiculousness, um, but with social commentary, um, and like you know, intersectionality black people and like they're important stories maybe the way they're told is just like outlandish but at the same time it's like that's their that's their brand that's what they do it's like it's you know it's like the same thing with um i mean i know i know the creators of this aren't black but same thing for um um killer clowns from outer space like how it's it's just it's ridiculous it's on top it's insane but like this is like this is how they choose to tell their stories that's their right and I respect that as a fellow creative. Um, and like type B is its own genre for a reason. Like yeah. they, they can go by different rules because they're not maybe they're, they're not um, so hooked on to like the very tight standards of type A type of films, you know? Um, so no, I, I, it's, I definitely agree that um, perhaps, you know, another anthology black horror series could happen that is um written better 
you know, higher quality, better acted. But I am glad that we do have Tales from the Hood series um, as it exists as type B because everything doesn't have to be one way um, and everything doesn't have to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, it's, it's good that, you know, maybe I don't uh, agree with, these movies are, are, or thought they were, you know, a little like, you know, like this is, a, you saw the memes I sent you, like, you know, this is, a, this is not for me, like, um, that's the Instagram doctor. post that's gonna be for this episode. It's just gonna be the memes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, you know, um, and I, I don't hate the films, but I do like the fact that I am able to, like, that I have the. That they had, that their creators have the ability to make these films, and that I have the um, ability to not like them, but still respect the fact that they exist and they're black creators. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think that there's a few things. So I think that definitely there needs. I feel that um, there can be another black anthology with um, better writers. I think, um, and, if, and just with Tales from the Hood itself as a whole, I think, I think for what they did with the movies, um, all three have been great. I think it's time mm-hmm. now for them to take it to a level where it's on a streaming site. And the reason I say that is because that will give them more time to flesh out stories um, instead of doing these fifteen minute overall or twenty minute overarching stories. They can now have a series oh. focused on an hour so they can like literally stretch it out more kind of like, oh, so like, like i did the twilight zone um yeah. twilight zone they um stretched out the stories and then like when um lauren when you're talking about if black writers can tweak it a little bit better um season one twilight zone i don't know if it was black writers or not but there was an episode called replay which was basically uh, so um, cops so uh, pulling over people and like and like the whole thing the way it was written what went on when it dealt with um, black people going through police brutality and everything of that nature. And it was so good. It was beautifully written. So that, that when you said that, that gave me the mindset, like this could happen, like it can be done. And for them, it will give them a lot more resources to work on and flesh out the stories. Yeah. TV is a different, TV is a different medium. It's a lot more, it offers more creative space than 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 a feature, than like a full feature. And I feel like if they were able to maybe have like a season, one season of eight or 10 episodes, they would be able to, like you say, flesh out these stories more. And I think with that kind of, with the time it would offer them, maybe um, the quality of writing could go up, yeah. especially if they had like a writer's room. Because I think it was for all the movies, I think it was just those two writing and directing everything, which is good. I mean, I, I respect that. That's a, that's a powerful thing. For it's good, and it's not good. It's not. I can I mean, tell you from experience because if you write okay. something and then like you filming it and you realize it might not fit, you're gonna be like, "Well, I spent two days writing this. We're gonna put it in there." And then, like as a director, right, you be out there in the streets doing your little thing, and then you went through hell and high water to get this one shot. I bribed a cop. <laughs> I broke my pinky toe. <laughs> no. I, have, I hung upside down with the camera in my hand. This is going to make it in the final cut. A lot of the times, if you don't separate yourself from some of these processes, then a lot of a lot of things end up in there that aren't necessary. Hello. 
Oh, real quick. Um, so a lot of people can't see what I was doing because we're doing this as a uh, podcast and people are going to hear it and see it. Um, I just want to let y'all know that it was funny that we were talking about this because I literally just text Tony Todd saying that we're talking about this show and I'll send him the link when we're done. <laughs> so oh. get that out there to y'all. <laughs> oh. Bye. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Really, so good really to meet you. I, I told him I, I will do this for y'all. So yeah, it's funny. It's just funny we talking about. It. I did a tech tip. I was like, yeah, guess what we're doing right now? We're talking about Tales from the Three. I sent you the link. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, LJ knows everybody. Everybody. Uh, I don't know everybody. I know a few people. <laughs> everybody, you know but, everyone. But we'll have to um, network. <laughs> but um, if I were to rank the movies, um, yes. Part one, systems. part one will always be um, number one. Not the, the stories. You can go to you can go pull up part one now. I think it was twenty plus years now, 20, yeah. 25, 30, almost thirty plus years. Like now, look at that movie now, and all those stories are still relevant to this day. Even the story about the senators trying to uh, that stayed in the house with the slaves and was putting the dolls. Like you look at like I am seeing it, I, I, <laughs> I have seen countless comments from um, millennials who grew up on that movie. And they said that scared the shit out of them. And that's see, and that's the thing. Like you look at that, it's still scary. And then like the whole thing, um, with all, like all the stories in part one, it's like everything is is still relevant. Yeah. Um, so that was always my number one. Um, with part three, part three was a step up. I mean, granted, the stories were okay. I like the stories, but at the end of the day, it would is not. It, you cannot measure like it. Part one, like outstretches all of them by a long shot for me. So mm-hmm. um, I will give part three the second spot. And then part two, unfortunately, um, have to be last only because I feel like I feel like they had good ideas. For me, I feel like they had good ideas, but it seemed like it was a lot. Well, take that back. I feel like they had good ideas except for the first story. <laughs> uh, <'cause>, uh, <laughs> that, that first story was kind of, it was too much of a reach, but everything else for what they were trying to do was okay. It was just rushed. It was like, it seemed yeah. like it was rushed um, real quick, put together, and it was um, just very it was too way way too on the nose it was it was and then like the last the last story of part two kind of brought up a good question um like if that really would happen but that's i get what they were trying to go with that like if emmett till would have not did what he did we wouldn't have had like all the things that happened with the civil rights movie but that's like a that's a stretch but i get what they were trying to say um but it's it's like i said so part two would be like the, the last one on my list. So that's my list for all the movies. So one, three, two. I agree with you. I also agree. And I think it's interesting too, right? When you look at the spacing, because, you know, one did so well. And then this is just me like, what's the word? Ruminating on things <laughs> with my full 2020 hindsight. Um, then they were like, oh, we need to capitalize on this moment. Let's make another one. And then that's why, because I, I I agree with you, right? They had like, okay ideas, but really terrible execution. And so it just became this like mush of, of things that didn't necessarily work in any way, shape, form or fashion. And then all these years go by and they're like, we should do another one. Let's do another one. <laughs> and then they had time to like perfect a little bit better, but like part two, like, the story, like I'm just gonna name a couple off the top of my head. I can't remember like the name of them, but like the story with um the 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 person that used to be a gangster but was trying to but was doing good in the community, but then the guys were back in this little killed the medium. The yeah, medium. The medium. yeah. And then just looking at that, like how to ex how it got executed, like it seemed like the good they were trying to do with that, it became comedy. 
And yeah. I didn't appreciate that because they could have did so much with that story. The story about the guys who were looking for women to um, date, but then it would drug them to try to um, rape them. Like they could have did something like I saw what they were trying to do with it. I saw the whole vampire thing, but yeah. it wasn't fleshed out right. Like, so yeah. like all those stories were like, at the production of it brought down what they were trying to do along with them rushing through the process. So like mm-hmm. how they how they did execution like that, like how they did a little bit on part three, then we could have another talk, but they didn't. And then the CGI was just terrible. It was garbage. You see that robot? The robot was terrible. Oh, it was garbage. But okay, and I y'all know this, but I'm gonna say it again. I am all for practical effects. Okay? <laughs> Do it real first. And then if it don't work out, then maybe we could find a house to do the CGI we want to do. But they, it would have been better if they'd have just gotten a robot mm-hmm. and stuck him in the thing. Mm-hmm. So the flames Always. that came around to escalate at the end, those flames. <laughs> it was when the robot called him a dumbass bitch. And it's like, actually, dumbass speech. That's what it's called. Dumbass. I, like, I was like, oh my God. Uh, they tried. Um, they did try. Is it, is it is it David Keith or Keith David? Keith David. Always, Keith David. Keith David. That was a great suit, and I loved how he was the devil. It made it just mm-hmm. that was great. That almost gave me like the same because he and Tony have such distinct voices, and it's just like, of course he would be the devil because Tony Todd know? is also the devil in Destination Three. Well, not. Uh, you know, like the voice of the devil. On yeah. Like, yeah. So. Did you know that the second one was partially produced by Spike Lee's 40 Acres and a Mule? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I think Spike Lee's done all of them, I think. I think he had production on all three of them. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee needs his ass whooped for that second. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. I, I know if we can say it bad word. I apologize. It came out. It came out. I apologize. It's fine. It's Maybe y'all can edit it in post production. <laughs> no, I'm keeping. I'm keeping that in there. Okay, let the people hear your opinion. Um, but no, I like I said, like, because um, I'm not really a a type mm, B movies. Like I watch them, but I don't. I'm not. I don't enjoy them. But it, you enjoyed good hair. <laughs> now wait a minute. You didn't let me finish. Now you see me putting words in my mouth. Okay, let me finish. I was saying that I'm not invested in B movies. Okay, I don't really, you know, I don't dabble in them too much. I'm more of a type. I'm more of an A movie type of person. But I know there are some gems with the B movies, especially from like the '80s. But um, I just, but I don't. I'm not. Like I'm not. It, it's like it's like Coke and Pepsi, you know. I'm I'm a Pepsi person, you know. But if Pepsi's not available, I'll I'll have some Coke. Sure. Let's do some Coca Cola. But I am a Pepsi person through and through. But that does not mean that. Um, but I don't hate Coca Cola. I don't. I just prefer Pepsi. So. But you enjoyed you the Coca Cola when it was Justin Simeon's Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this won't let me live. No, I will. I'll never let that go. It's going to be 20 years from now, and we're going to be old, and I'm going to say the same joke. It's going to be fine. 
I just, you know, supernatural hair, you know, it just, you know. It was something. terrible. <laughs> it was but a okay. badly made film. I'm sorry. Are, are we, um, does that wrap, does that wrap it up? Or is there anything else for these, for Tales from the Hood 3? No, or? I guess, yeah. Where were we? The crit is uh, wrapped. Look at that. All right. Uh, final curls for anyone? I enjoyed this talk. Um, thank y'all for inviting me to be y'all first guest. Like I, I the... thank you for coming. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. that I it means <laughs> like it, it, it means a lot to be on this platform. And like I said um earlier, like I appreciate this platform that y'all created, not only for horror fans, but for you know black horror fans. And um, by all means, please, please keep this going as much as y'all can. Um, keep this content going. Um, I'm putting in the atmosphere. Y'all gonna be doing more stuff. Y'all need to go ahead and start getting together y'all merch line. If y'all haven't already, I'm gonna go ahead and put that in the air. Um, no, I have to show you because we're gonna talk about this. So I ordered <laughs> stickers, right? I was trying to be like, oh, it's gonna be cute. We're gonna have stickers. It's gonna be fine. It'll be fantastic. My dumbass. <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> like, Dumb, dumbass. Because I ordered all these stickers and I was like, oh yeah, it's cute. Like I got like a hundred. Look how small these stickers are. Because my dumbass did not read. Oh wow. <laughs> it's a little it's a little baby sticker. So as big I, as I a penny. Sticker is about the size of the smallest violin. <laughs> so it's but that's uh, yes, about the size, about the size of a nickel. This is terrible. So, so you should have um so you can sell those stickers for a nickel because they're nickel size. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stickers. No. <laughs> so, got, gotta start somewhere. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> Try to get I want <laughs> the big ones. So um, we're going to eventually redo this and get the big ones. I also want to see if I can make them like holographic. Oh. That's a thing. But that's hey. for another day. I don't know. So scary tip merch line. Coming at some point. Yes, but I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Like, thank like this means a lot. Like, I, I love this. This is awesome. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. And I'm and this is coming from me sincerely. Thank y'all for letting me talk about something that's different from poetry in a sense, but also from just regular nerd stuff. Because I didn't ha I have not had the chance to really talk about horror movies. And the last time I did this is when we had Lauren on this show we did a limited series for called The Ninja the Nerd and Nubian. And Nubian yeah. We did a Halloween special. Ooh. So um but yeah, guys, like this is this is awesome. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, Tell the podcast people how they can keep up with you, where you're at, what you're active on. Yeah, all the tags. So, um, so um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at LJ Poetry. That's E-L-J-A Poetry. If you go on YouTube, you can go on YouTube and follow my channel on YouTube, which is LJ Bowens, E-L apostrophe J-A bowens and you'll see some poetry you'll see interviews i've done you'll get a chance to see my show known as art the heart where we've interviewed a lot of great artists of all mediums um for example we had we interviewed tony todd we interviewed megan hollinshead and veronica taylor butchers of voices of nurse joy and ash catchum from the original pokemon um we've done a lot of people we got a lot of folks um coming up in the pipeline soon and yeah um that's where y'all can that's where you can find me in the trap. It's going down. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's, you can find you can find me in these um, internet streets um, on Twitter, Instagram at LJ Poetry, LJ Poetry. So, yeah, right. Um, also, Pokemon just celebrated its twenty fifth 
anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, I, I text Veronica Taylor today. Too. <laughs> oh, oh, she had a wonderful celebration for it. Yeah, they did a live video earlier today. It was awesome. They they did good. So I think for one last thing, leave the people with with a wreck, right? Like one film, one horror film you think that they should go watch, like right now. Oh God. Um. So, one horror movie you should watch right now is a movie on, and I'm giving them a plug. Shutter. Um, it's known as the Cleansing Hour. It's um a movie um based on a pastor who literally goes to do exorcisms and records them on tv but he's a fraud but then all of a sudden when he gets ready to try to do a fake exorcism the the real devil comes and it's 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 pretty good it's good it's 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 an unexpected good movie (laughs) with a with a good twist but it leaves it kind of ambiguous as to what happens but yeah it's definitely a good movie um yeah yeah it has five skulls yeah, it's, it's good. and um, I mentioned it earlier, but um, the Mortuary Collection is a good movie too. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys again, man. Like I said, I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna go eat my grub after we done here. But this was dope. This was dope. I think and, that's uh, what we always do after every episode we eat. Because I always ask Lauren, like after we're done, have you eaten yet? No. no. <laughs> I'm sitting here starving, boy, and I'm just like, God, I'm hungry. <laughs> okay, but so later on, podcast people, we will see you next week. Um, I don't remember what movie we're doing, so it's a surprise. Yay! Surprise! <laughs> All right, y'all, take care. <laughs> Bye. Y'all, take care. <laughs>